Welcome to the Jersey to Vegas podcast. This podcast talks about the hows, whys, and what's next in your life journey. If you're looking to start fresh and turn over a new leaf, you're in the right place. Now, here's your host, Pete Isip. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back, and thank you so much for coming back to episode number two. It's very cool for you guys to do so. At the same time, it's pretty cool that we're doing this in the first place. Again, everything's set up here. Last time, I was at a desk inside a room, and then today, I'm in a different room just trying something different, and that's standing up for the day. So hopefully, you guys are good, and I want you to know that in today's episode, we're going to continue a little bit about what we talked about in number one. But we're definitely going to focus in a little bit more onto the trauma and the things that kind of happened, which helped me make the decision to move out to Las Vegas. Now, if you weren't here as a recap and number one, we kind of talked about the the hows and the whys and then the what's next of, of what we're doing and why we're going over there. A lot of the things was the reason why was like it was just a very tough year. You know, in a summary, it was a super tough year with the pandemic and losing business and, and distancing and everything. And, and with me, I have a, a nice, wonderful thing called baggage. It's called mental health issues. It's called being normal. It's called things that most people don't want to talk about because they think that it's wrong to have them. But I do. And I am bipolar. If you guys know that, I am bipolar. I uh, have depression. I have anxiety. I at times become suicidal. You know, I have the, a lot of the things, a lot of the great attributes that you want to bring home to mom. Like, that's the first thing you want to do. It's like, hey, guys, uh, I want you to meet my boyfriend. This is Pete. I know he has dark hair. His nails are black. It's cool, though. He's a little suicidal at times, but he's bipolar. So... You know, I just want to make sure as we eat our mashed potatoes and first off, never dated anyone that talked like that and um, never, ever really dated anyone. So that's a whole nother uh, genre of things. But with that was the, the how we're going to do it. We kind of just made a decision that we're going to, you know, how are we going to leave? It's very hard, you know, having that mindset and making sure that you guys are, are making sure that you're strong mentally, even when you're not right. You have to have that. Uh, what is that word? I always need words, people. I just need one person, like a, someone that's like a thesaurus to help me with words. Just have that, eh, I'm going to say that instead. Eh, I know that's called automatopoeia. Eh, that's all I remember from English class. And that's about it. Creative writing, automatopoeia. 11th grade, I don't remember the teacher's name, but I do remember automatopoeia. Hmm, pretty cool, right? You need to have that in order to move forward and be able to let things go. You know, have that, fuck it, whatever. To, to let that shit go. And then what's next? What next is it's whatever happens, happens type of thing. We're going to take this chance, make this what we call our, our adventure into doing so and just to make the best of it. Because, you know, I feel like the stars are aligned and, you know, everything kind of moved this way, no matter how rough it was. It was a rough year. You know, it was rough. And that's where we could start with it was pretty much was traumatic to me personally. And I'm sure to my family as well. Well, not my kids. My kids have no idea what the fuck right now. They're watching fucking Pac-Man videos on YouTube, most likely, and or zombies versus plants. Anyone else ever watch this? It's zombies versus plants. It's just a bunch of zombies and versus plants, and they're like eating each other. It's very weird. It's a very weird thing, but hey, and then of course, Among Us. Everyone's on the Among Us bus, so that's always fun. And then he'll play uh, 330. He calls it 330. Anyway, we call this trauma, Right. Trauma, there's what? Three different types. What's trauma? Pretty much trauma is like anything that's super distressing and or what's the word? 
There he goes again. What's the word? Let me see. Oh, trauma. A deeply distressing and or disturbing experience, such as a sudden loss of a loved one, an accident, rape or abuse, etc., etc. I think there's only two more things like that. So there's definitely three types. It is acute, chronic, and complex, right? But trauma is different to everyone. I feel like that's the main point of of what it is I'm going to want to get to today. It's like your traumatic experience is not the same as the person next to you. And I feel like people do that. You know, I feel like people do that all the time. Like, oh, I've been there. I know it's like, oh, you're just doing, feeling that? That's all you're doing? I mean, I've been there. I've done that. Yeah, okay, perfect. Good for you, you piece of shit. We're not talking about you for the first time in your fucking life, okay? That's the problem with a lot of people is that they ask they ask questions, but they already have a fucking answer in their head before they even listen to yours, you know? And that's a very big problem in relationships, in communication skills, because it's always about that person. So a lot of times people ask me, how are you doing? And I don't even like answering the question because I know what the backup question is going to be. It's not, it's going to be how they feel about that thing, right? They're already ready. They're already ready to give advice. They're already ready to fucking tell you about theirs. They didn't even listen to anything that you said. Nothing. Zero. Because they're already chirping away. Chop, chop, chop a roost. Chirpy, chirpy, chirp, chirp. You're already talking before you even fucking comprehended anything that I was about to say. Nothing. So thank you for that, bitch face. I don't know who bitch face is, but kind of felt right. So no one's trauma is the same, right? For me, I had multiple traumatic episodes or uh, experiences in my life, but no, I'm not here to, to whine about it and talk about it all the time. But yeah, I've had them. All right. I've had child, not child abuse, but child molestation. I've had, oh, was it childhood? Sexual abuse. I had childhood sexual abuse. I've had, uh, I had a gun pointed at my back. That was great. That was a fun time. You know what I mean? Like it could go down the line, but the way I take it, it's traumatic to me. Now, a girl next to me who never experienced any type of hard trauma in her life, but has pretty much has been given everything to her may break her nail, but those were her favorite nails. And like she loved them for some reason and it broke or like a teddy bear that you love for the, for your whole life. And you just loved it and you couldn't let it go. And all of a sudden it was gone. That's a traumatic experience. Okay. To that person. So you can never relate what you experience to someone else. The only thing that you can do is listen with an open ear instead of trying to give fucking advice all the time. Right. Sometimes we don't need it. Most of the time we just want to be heard, you know, cause it's better talking it out. Then slicing your throat, excuse me for being physical. That's not physical. It's called graphic physical fitness class. Sometimes being there for a person that has experienced trauma is the best thing you can do. Whether it's sitting down and annoying the shit out of them by just staying around them when they want you to leave. Perfect. Good. Be there for that person during that time. Be there enough to just shut the fuck up and just listen to what it is they have to say. Listen to the story of how they got there and what they felt and what they were going through. Because it's helping that person kind of cope with what happened in that moment or at that time. A lot of times people want to give us so many goddamn fucking solutions. You know what you should do? Drink apple cider vinegar and then rub it on your face. And you know what else you should do? You should wake up and put fucking pink Himalayan salt inside your eye. And I guarantee after the 35-hour cleanse, you're going to feel great and you'll never feel like you were raped before. What? 
What are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. Enough with your goddamn hoogee bougie fucking medicine tactics to help me mentally. I'm working with a therapist. I go see a psychiatrist. I feel like they're the professionals in the field. I think that help people with trauma should be anyone that has experienced a traumatic episode should have some type of mental health professional help them. You should go see someone. You should go talk to some nothing. If you get medicated, I'm medicated. I'm on some meds. It's kind of what works for me right now. Do I want to be on it for the rest of my life? No. Did I jump off it a long time ago? Yeah. Was it a terrible experience? Fuck yeah, it was. 100% the worst experience of my life when I jumped off medication by myself because that was not a good idea. So if you're thinking about it, don't do it. Trust me. So in long story short, the reasoning for me is that it was very hard for me to face people. You know, it was very hard for me to face the fact that my business that I worked hard on, like I worked on that shit for a long time with all my energy, with all my time, giving everything I have. I gave so much to people. I gave so much to that business. I gave so much to everyone that stepped in front of my face and it was gone. And I watched it go away little by little by little, trying to hold on to this little dream I had, right? I had this dream and this was pre-COVID guys. I started watching it go away. All right. You ever take vision boards or someone says, Hey, make a vision board. And like, you kind of map out the things that you want to look like, you know, when I go to masterminds or like these business things, a lot of it becomes goal oriented. So like doing your goals, like, okay, what did your gym look like? What's the color? What's the ceiling look like? How many people? What's the size? What are you going to do? And I kind of had that whole thing structured out and had actually right here. There's a cork board here before it's no longer here because we're fucking moving to Vegas. And I had the pictures of exactly what it was. And when I stepped back and look at it a couple of years ago, I was like, wow, I got it. You know, I got it. I got this dream. I got this vision. It's right here. Yeah. It's a lot of work to fucking hold on to, but I got it. And then it started going away and like just expenses started getting higher. I couldn't really afford it without really hustling as, as long as I was getting, I was getting tired. I was getting tired of, of hustling, man. You know, I put all this work in and then now I have my kids and, you know, I want to be there for that. And that lifestyle of what I, I had is not, doesn't match the lifestyle that I wanted now. You know, it's almost like I wanted that lifestyle or that thing. And now it's not even close to what it is I want or want to do. And it's pretty interesting because from there, I started watching the things that I worked hard for go away. And I tried to make it as cool as possible for people, making them excited that we're going to this new place and we're kind of downsizing. It's not going to be the same size as here, but it's going to be just as great because we got new equipment and we got new bikes and we got new squat racks that fold in and out. I tried to get all these new cool things to make sure people fucking understood that I was failing. People didn't understand that I made this move. I'm wiping my nose again to save money because I was failing because I couldn't hold on to it anymore because I couldn't do it. Because I didn't want to anymore. And that was tough. And then from there, we were there for about a year. Everything was going cool. And then COVID hit. And then go fuck myself. Because that's pretty much what happened. I did my best. I did, I made Zooms. And I did personal training. And I did outdoor workouts. And I did sneak inside workouts. And I did Zoom workouts. And I did all these backyard workouts. And I did everything I fucking can. And I gave everything I fucking had. To watch it just kind of just like seep through the drain. Like it just was just going down the drain. My mentally, I just wasn't there anymore. Mentally, I was losing it. I became super depressed and relied on alcohol. 
I started drinking almost every single day during the Zoom classes. No one could even see me, but I was there with a fucking glass of whiskey or vodka or whatever it is was anything, anything. It, did, it didn't even matter anymore because it wasn't about the taste. It was about escaping. It was about how do I get through this fucking class without me punching or throwing my computer? How do I get through this taping of a workout so that people don't see me cry on the floor? And that's what I was using it for. I started using other drugs. I was starting to to smoke a lot more just to go to sleep because I couldn't sleep. I would drink more to try to just go to sleep, to go to sleep. I would drink to walk the dogs. I would walk the dogs and that would be my excuse to get out of the house, to maybe take a swig of something so I could feel that burn go down my throat and at least get a little lightheaded to the point where I can survive making another video for people to be happy. So everyone else wasn't happy. But I was trying to make them happy, but inside I was dying. So at that point, I don't even know how many months of that I held on to. I kind of lost it. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Man, it's cool. It's cool that people just didn't know that I was going through all of that and through all of this. You know, and to me, distressing, disturbing events compiled together was definitely traumatic to myself. Now, people say, once they find out that I was diagnosed with bipolar and I kind of let it out more, people use that as like, I don't know, maybe just me saying that. I know there's a lot of people that have helped me in that time. I believe it wasn't for them, like just staying on me and making sure I was okay, even if I didn't want to talk to them. Guys, I got rid of my phone. I got rid of my social media. I got rid of everything because I thought I was a burden on people's lives. Like my existence and my being of myself did not matter at all. I was just an element that was enough to be burnt by one short fuse. And that was it. I really felt like my family would have been better off without me living because I was causing that much pain to them by being the person that I was. And it's weird to think about it now because I'm very grateful for everything that people have done for me. All the moments and experience that I've had and all these traumatic experiences I have had, I'm grateful for them. As hard as it was to go through, as hard and as terrible as it was to live through, I'm very grateful that I've had those things happen. Why? Because sometimes it takes a traumatic experience to create change. Sometimes it takes something to completely erase your existence, to have you do something new or maybe something they've always wanted to. And now you're finally doing doing it. That to me is the most valuable thing that was given to me in this lifetime for myself. I could always say my kids are the most valuable thing. My wife. Yes, they are. In living-wise, me losing my shit and really not wanting to be here anymore and surviving whatever the fuck that happened last year and the past couple years has made us make a decision to finally move somewhere and do something different. Something I would never in my life would I have thought of living away from New Jersey. There's nothing. I am like New Jersey... The fucking heart. Like, I'm New Jersey guy. I'm not like a New Jersey guy. I'm not like that guy. You know, you know the guy. I actually sound like my now. You know the guy that's the Jersey guy. I'm not that guy. 
but I've, I really like this community. I really like my neighborhood. I really like the people that I surrounded myself with here from first grade until now. I've loved them. I still do. And that's what keeps me here. That's what kept me in this small bubble. And these experiences and these moments took that away from me organically. You know, it made me make decisions that I've never wanted to make. And maybe I did. I was just so involved in this cork board that I had here, this vision board of what I think I should have done or what I think I'm really good at. But when I realized that we're good at a lot of things, but what's the thing that's going to make you feel the best? If you notice, I could sit here and talk all day long. I could talk all day long. I could talk to you. I'm talking to nobody. Hopefully I'm talking to some people, but I'm talking to nobody right now. And this feels awesome. I have an iPhone camera here. I have my old Canon 7D over here. Hopefully you got a good picture on this one with a new lens. It's cool. Like I've always wanted to do this. I've always enjoyed doing this. And if I could do this for the rest of my life for now, or for not rest of my life, but for now, I'm cool with it because it gives me the opportunity to hang out and teach my kids because they're the next things and I'm not going to neglect them. You know, I'm not going to work my ass off and not show up and not be there because I have to be at work for 16 hours. I'm not going to do it. I don't want a place or have to work for someone that has so much control over me that they're making decisions for me versus me making my own decisions. You're not going to dictate what I'm going to do. I'm going to dictate what I'm going to do. That's it. And it's that empowerment that this whole thing called trauma, and we can talk about trauma all day long, right? I think that's it. But you can't look at it as something negative. It is. It is. But what are you going to do about it? What are you going to change to help you cope with it? What are you going to do to help you move along with your life? Because there's a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of people that have a very hard time coping and or accepting the trauma, letting it go. You know, and I can't tell you, there's people that are way worse than I am. I know it. What am I talking about? Business. I'm still here. There's people that have been, I don't even want to talk about it because it makes me nauseous to my stomach that people actually have to have to have had experience that. But you did. And to you, I'm sorry, because I feel for you. And I hope whatever it is you're going through, you do get out of it. You do cope with it. You do find a way to make your life move in a direction that you want it to again, you know, because it's super hard to do it. People don't understand what it's like to be so depressed that you're laying down in bed and it's literally the hardest thing in the world to get up out of bed. And people think you're just being fucking lazy. Like, oh my God, why don't you just get out of bed? What are you being lazy today? What's the matter with you? A lot, obviously. And that's why I'm having trouble getting the fuck out of bed. If you don't see that multiple days in a row, that that's the most, that is the hardest thing for me to do. And you don't see that there's something going on and you're not asking me how I feel or how can I help you? Well, then you're blind to the fact that you think I'm just lazy and not suffering from something more, you know? And those people, I friends, a lot of my friends, you know? And the more, when I was in group, my God, the stories that I listened to, the people that I've met virtually, I feel like I gained a connection with them because they matter a lot to me, you know? We spend so much time almost every day, like I listen to their stories, listen to what they're going through. It's difficult to listen to because it's hard to put what they say into my place. You know what I mean? I can't live 
how they experienced. And that's kind of, I don't want to say it's not fair, but who am I to give advice to those people? Because sometimes it's the smallest thing to someone, but it's the biggest thing to someone else. You know, but I want those guys as well, if they ever pop onto this at some reason. I really hope you guys are doing good and you find a way to use what happened, that traumatic experience to move on and let go and having your journey to Vegas. You know, having your your escape or your fresh start. And it's a scary thing because some people will just, they hate their job. They hate the things they're doing. And they're very afraid because of monetary things or the lifestyle they chose to let that go, to find another way to make it happen. I'll tell you right now, if you can find the courage, I'm not telling you to drop things. You still got to be an adult, right? You got to find the right way. Don't be bipolar and fucking just have a manic episode and drop shit and then try to do it all at once by yourself. And then next thing, regret it in three days. I'm talking about have a plan to find a way to maybe put, what is it? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you like to do? What is it that you, that makes you feel happy? You know, maybe you can do it as a, as a hobby or as a side business or whatever. I don't know. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just telling you what I experience. And the reason I'm moving to Vegas and our family has decided to do so is because the shit that happened here, I can't even face anymore. You know, I said about it last episode, like I can't even go to ShopRite. I have so much anxiety going to ShopRite because someone's going to fucking find me. I'm a person in this town that everyone kind of knows, or at least knows of me. That means they know what happened. Or if they didn't, they know that I have a gym. And guess what the first question is that they ask me? How's the gym going? Worst thing you can ask. Worst thing. And that's why I hide from it. And I work with it with my therapist to cope and have a plan to make sure I know what I'm going to do to answer that question and move along. I'm crying a little bit, so I'm going to wipe my nose. So that's a type of trauma that it does to me. Another type of trauma. that I actually, I had flashbacks, okay? I had flashbacks whenever I had to go work out. So I haven't worked out consistently in months. Why? Because everything I do reminds me of the gym. Everything I touch, it feels like, it's just like I would grab a dumbbell or a kettlebell off the ground. If you guys don't know what that is, a dumbbell is a thing you hold in your hand and you, you push it and or press it or pull it. And a kettlebell is that weird round thing that everyone calls a kettleball. And it looks like a kettleball. It looks like a suitcase with a little teardrop or a ball with a handle on it. Anyway, every time I would grab it, I would start to cry. And I would picture all these things. And it wasn't even like I was inside this room anymore. I was back at the gym, moving them, crying. Just like a big flutter, fucking weird like sequence of thoughts would overwhelm me to the point where I would just sit down and cry because I couldn't work out. I don't know what it was, you know, something with the moving of the dumbbells again or the smell or the holding or the workouts that I made. It just didn't feel right. So people always say, why don't you just get up and work out? Why don't you just try? Why don't you just try? You know, maybe do a couple of times. And I said it to myself a thousand times. Why don't you just try to work out? It's because it hurt. Every single time I had to work out, had to, it would hurt mentally. It would hurt emotionally. And usually I would take out my emotional and my mental frustrations and stress or anxieties out by being physical. So I would take it out on the kettlebell. I would take it out on the burpees. I would take it out on the dumbbell or the barbell or the running or the stairs or the sled. I would take all my energy out physically so I can mentally cope with everything, but I was unable to do so. So what do you do? You know, so you end up fucking bottling it up and then you just eat or you find another thing that's going to help you feel better. 
There's so many triggers for me around here and doing things that it just doesn't feel right anymore. Like I said, I love everybody. I love everything around us. What I don't love is the reminders of how I failed. And I was going to say, oh, how can you say you failed? You didn't fail. Guys, don't cover it up. It's a fail. Okay. I had successful years. This is called a fail. And what I love about that is that I learned from it. And I've always said that. It was tough. I'll say it over and over again. It was a tough fucking year. And I could tell you more stories. If you want to, you let me know, comment, do whatever it is. And I will tell you more about the times we had there. But failing to me was always something that made me do better, if that made sense. Whenever I failed and I didn't get something or do something the way I wanted it to, as long as it was in the same path of my heart, I would go for it more. I'm not one person to just stop. I'm kind of annoying. So you're going to not like me in that way, especially if I like what I'm doing. I become very annoying in my idiosyncrasies. So, all right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that clip today's episode. I do appreciate you guys coming out. Hmm. Let me not do this because it's 15. So if there's one thing you can take away from this, guys, is that if you have any type of trauma or have if experienced anything traumatic or even a failure, as I ended before, do your best. And at the, the severity of it, obviously go see someone. Go get help. If you need someone, I can help you in that direction. You know, it's pretty simple, but sometimes even the task of doing that is hard enough. But if, if you could reach out and... That's it. Sometimes that's the energy you need to put out because I understand that even getting out of bed is tough, right? Making the decision is even tougher. But if you can just comment or let me know, you know, message me, whatever, I at least can put you in some direction to give you guys some direction towards how we did that. So seeing professional help is very important, right? At the same time, now, once you get to accepting the trauma and accepting everything, it's like the same phases, right? It's five stages of trauma, it's kind of the same thing as uh, as grieving, because you're grieving with some type of a loss, whether it's your identity, whether it's person, physical, imaginary, it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to go through those stages, but find a way to make sure you're finally going to live the life that you want. Because the last thing you want to do is just, I guess you could say stray away. And most people just, I don't know, refrain? What's the word I'm looking for again there? It's just people will not move forward. They'll stay inside this bubble. They'll stay inside this hole because it feels good. Guys, you have no idea how good it feels because it just feels normal, right? When I was angry, I just wanted to fucking be angry the whole time. When I'm depressed, I do not want to change it. Like, I don't want to change it. But I've learned how to do things like tips and skills to to get over this stuff, you know, like uh, urge surfing and pretty much that's pretty much it. Like, <laughs> let's riding it out. Learning how to do these things has helped me so much. And I hope fully that you guys find someone that'll teach you that as well. Okay. It's crazy how easy it is to live in hell. It's burning. It's on fire. Shit's blowing up all over the place, but it's like a symphony of terrible. But for some reason, it makes sense to live there because you can finally release these emotions and live inside these emotions that you probably always want to express, but you can't. 
Like you're not allowed to be angry. You're not allowed to hate things. You're not allowed to feel crying. You're not allowed. Yeah, it's because the first time someone's allowing you to do so because things like that's not allowed. You're not a man. You're not a man. What do you cry? Men don't cry. Men don't have emotions. We just stand there. That's it. Men don't hurt. That doesn't hurt. Rub some dirt on it. Fuck you. That shit hurts. You know what else hurts? Being called names. That makes me cry. That fucking hurts too, ass wipe. So anyone that has those mottos, go fuck yourself. How's that sound? Go fuck yourself. And that's my accident. Accent. I said accident. All right, cool. So I think that's it, guys. I think that's it. But I'm very excited you guys came out. Thank you so much. Coming out from Jersey to Vegas podcast, my name is Pete Isip, and make sure you guys visit my Patreon. Let me know, donate, subscribe, do whatever it is you need to do to make sure this podcast hangs out longer, because it's the only way you guys are going to hear about me from Vegas to New Jersey, and I know a lot of you guys are my friends, a lot of you guys are my family, and I do appreciate you listening to this podcast and hopefully sharing it with other people and friends that may be, you know, may need to listen to this. Like, I have no idea where this is going to go, what it's going to do, what's the way. I'm kind of just going to talk to whatever it says here. And that's it. So I'll see you guys later. This is Pete from Jersey to Vegas podcast. I'll see you guys later. Peace and take it, maestro. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Pete, you can follow him on Instagram at Pete Isop. Thanks again, and see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.